Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. Here is the deal. Let me kind of go through what we know, and then I want to discuss this with you. It's just mind-boggling, and it might not technically be illegal, but if it's not, it should be. The reality is, no car insurance, no problem. Nuts to that. Let's get them off the road. Impound the cars, make the streets safer. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. What are those people talking about? You got a deal. A deal is a deal. Stop whining about it. Live up to its obligations. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. So very glad to have you with us. Hey, if you follow me on Twitter, it's at JeffWagner620. I had a tweet after the program yesterday that it's another one of these that's semi-gone viral. Um, my, my general impression of the way the governor has started to handle the turning the dial on the state, and my position that it is it makes absolutely no sense, and I sent out a tweet to that effect and generated a huge response. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. In addition, as I said earlier, I, I think sometimes this conversation we have about the, the whole issue with the coronavirus shutdown, we, we, we focus, as we should to an extent, on the, the, the medical situation without necessarily focusing on the other real consequences. I mean, th- you know, it, we throw out these numbers. I mean, 300-plus thousand people living in Wisconsin have now filed for unemployment. That was a couple weeks ago. The numbers are going to be higher when they come out. And we're looking at these numbers where we're, we're being told that there are, especially if this goes on another couple weeks, there's going to be 30 to 35% of businesses who've been closed that aren't going to flat out be, out be able to reopen, that they're just going to be going under. And we're not just talking about small local businesses. We're talking about chain businesses. There's got to be a lot of people out there that are trying to figure out, okay, what is the future going to look like? And we're going to devote a couple segments of the program today to, if, if you've been affected in an economic perspective, what this has meant to you over the last month or two, and what it's going to mean to you moving forward. So we're going to do that as well, plus some other stuff, of course, related to coronavirus, which is the, the dominant story. But I want to start the program out with something completely and totally different, and, and maybe just a little bit metaphysical, but it was a story that one of my friends and colleagues was, was just sharing earlier this, this morning. Here, here's, here's the deal. He, and it's a, like a little story unless it, it happens to you. His, his note was that um, he was, and he's, he's working at home like, like lots of us are doing, and he, he, says, he says, look, today was going to be the day that in the afternoon, you know, he went out for the first time and, and played golf for the first time this season. So his, his golf clubs are in the basement. Now, if you're a golfer, you know, in the winter, in these climates, you know, typically that's what you do. You take your golf clubs, you put them up in the upstairs closet, or you put them in the basement or, or whatever. So it, it just happened to be today that was going to be the day that he was going to go out and play golf for the first time. He goes into the basement to get the golf clubs, and he finds there's water all over, over the basement. And he, he finds that there is a, a leaking pipe. Now, don't know how long it had been leaking, but probably not that long, because there's water all over the basement. But the point of it is, if, if he hadn't gone down today to get his golf clubs, and that pipe would have continued to leak, 
Well, you, you would have had a real mess. I mean, you would have had, the, you know, arguably a flood, stuff destroyed, and the hot water heater out, and the furnace out, and all those different types of things. But it was just the chance that today was the day that he had to go down into the basement to check his golf clubs, to get his golf clubs, that he happened to find that leaking pipe. And if he hadn't planned to play golf today, who knows when he would have, have noticed that. He found it, he was able to get you know, it stopped before there was too much damage. And it was interesting because I was telling him the story, how it's funny how stuff works. And I've said this before, New Year's Eve. We were we were having a party at our house. This is back when you could have people over to your, your houses. And the people are coming about 6 o'clock on New Year's Eve. And we had 30, 40 people, whatever. It was kind of an open house. And about 5.30, my wife says to me, go down into the basement and bring up some folding chairs. Now, I'd been in the basement an hour or two ago. But if, I, if she hadn't sent me into the basement, I would not have gotten down there. And I see water all over the floor of the basement because sometime between – when I was there at 3 o'clock, and when she sent me down in the basement to pick up the folding chairs, the, the hot water heater had sprung a leak. And so, again, it was one of those deals where if I hadn't have gotten sent down to get the folding chairs, just kind of a pure, pure happenstance thing, at some point in time, would I have recognized that, you know, we, we had a problem downstairs? Yeah, but it might not have been till the next day, you know, w- whatever. But I was able to catch it early, and then, you know, we got the plumber, got the hot water heater repaired. That's another story on New Year's Eve. But but regardless, it, it was just this kind of happenstance, this chance that you, you find something. And I, I guess I've been thinking about this, and I don't mean to be too metaphysical, but I, I really do believe that, that things sometimes... Little things, okay, you, you, you find, you know, you, you do something a little bit out of the ordinary. You go down the basement, you see that there's this leaking pipe because you're getting the golf clubs. I mean, sometimes, I mean, it's little stuff, I, I acknowledge, you know, because it's, it's just the water, the, you know, the pipe was leaking and stuff. But it, it's almost like stuff is meant to happen for a reason. It's one of the reasons why I do firmly believe that we all kind of have guardian angels. And, and I don't. I don't want to be too metaphysical about it, but I think we, we all have kind of guardian angels. The story I always tell, and if you've heard me tell the story before, I apologize, but it's true. I'm in college, freshman in college. I was on their national debate team at the college I went to, so we would travel all over the country. One week, we were off. You know, we're off, and so what happens is there's the, this high school about 30, 40 miles away from where we go to college that, that hires all of us to come and, and judge this big high school debate tournament, and they're going to pay us. I don't know, 100 bucks or whatever it is, which was a ton of money back in the time. So I happened to have the biggest car. My, my dad had let me drive this 1970 Chrysler Newport, which was like this land yacht. I mean, it was just this enormous car. And I think there must have been seven of us in it. So it's a Saturday morning. I'm driving down these, like, two-lane roads and stuff, um, heading to this high school where they're having this debate tournament. I hit this patch of glare ice. And completely and totally lose control of the car. I mean, this the car spins around 360s a couple times. Now, I'm not talking fishtail. I completely lose control of, of this car. And, and finally, after it goes around a couple times, I, I get control back, you know, like stop the car and just like take a pause and a deep breath. And I swear, five seconds later, coming the other way is this old home. That was like Wonder Bread. It used to be old home bread. And it was one of these big regional bakeries, there is a truck full of old home bread coming the other way. Now, the story is, okay, I mean, I just watched the truck go by, and, and everybody in the car is going, hey, that was great, let's have fun, do it again, Jeff. Uh-uh. And all I'm thinking is, you know, this truck, 
if the guy driving the truck had left five or ten seconds earlier that morning or hadn't stopped to have an extra sip of coffee or hadn't kissed his, you know, child goodbye, if he had left five or ten seconds earlier, I'm not here to tell this story today. The headline is, Bunch of College Kids Killed on an Icy Road. All right, and so it's always stuck with me, and I would tell you, this is 40-plus this is years ago, and I remember that moment like it was absolutely yesterday. So I've always been convinced that things kind of happen for, for a reason. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And I understand this is something completely different than our coronavirus conversation. But, you know, I don't know whether you want to call it guardian angels or, or just dumb luck. But my guess is perhaps you have had something in your life that that, that exact same sort of experience and I'm not talking about, gee, if I was there, maybe it's not exactly like my story with, uh, you know, finding out the hot water heater by happen chance is leaking or, you know, being dead on the highway if you if you had left, you know, if the guy had left five or ten seconds earlier. But I, I'm convinced that, that sometimes stuff does happen for a reason. I don't mean to be too metaphysical, but my guess is maybe you have something like that that you remember can relate to and understand that, that maybe, you know, if you don't want to call them guardian angels, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just sort of dumb luck. I happen to think maybe guardian angels. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. Anything like that ever happened to you? We're going to take a quick break, then we're going to be back to discuss in just a moment. Can you relate to that? We'll discuss. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. This is Jeff Wagner. Back to take your calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So very glad to have you with us, David in Watoma. David, you're first. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Uh, well, Hi, I agree with you um, that I, I believe in guardian angels. And my experience uh, was when I was stationed out in Virginia, and it was a weekend. I was staying with a retired military couple off base. And uh, Miss Donna, um, uh, the wife there, uh, she was. She and I were going to go up to Williamsburg for a concert, and we went out to the car. I was a passenger; she was the driver, and she was having trouble getting her seatbelt buckled. Well, finally, she got it buckled, and we pulled away. Well, less than a quarter mile um, from the house, actually, probably only about an eighth of a mile. And the house is a four-way, or it was a two-way stop from uh, the other direction. Mm-hmm. And this truck, um, without slowing down, ran that stop sign. And if she would have been any sooner unbuckling her seatbelt, we would have been T-boned and very likely, uh, very possibly killed because that truck slowed down not a bit. So I, right. told, and, I do agree yeah. with you. And my guess is that, you know, that the struggling with putting on the seatbelt, nine times out of ten, she wouldn't have done it. It would just go on right in, and she would have pulled out. But but this one day, Correct. she had a little, yeah. It, it, now, thanks to call, David. I, and look, and I mean, I, I mean I'm getting several texts saying, okay, well, why don't you say God? Well, I, I, I don't care whether they call God or 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 guardian angels or just, you know, random luck or whatever. It's things like that, that whatever you attribute it to, that just, I mean, give you a pause from time. It's like, okay, why, why did you go down into the basement? You know, why, you know, why did this happen here as opposed to 20 yards later down the road, which changes the whole dynamic? Um, let's talk to Karen in Madison. Karen, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. 
Hi, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I firmly believe there, there's some sort of higher power somewhere. This was this will tell you my age, but I was in college um, driving my mother, my sister, and my grandmother back um, from Melody Top Theater. And so it was night. Um, we, were, we were in the Palmyra Eagle area, and this car came barreling around the corner, and um, I was able to swerve, get off the road, and then also avoid hitting a telephone pole literally by inches that a police officer later pointed out. The guy driving ended up hitting the car at the stop sign behind me and T-boned them. Thankfully, the only injury was somebody who had a broken leg. Um, but I'm not that good of a driver to in a split second have, you know, it was like, and it was like slow motion because I could see the headlights coming directly at us and I got us off the road and we were all safe and sound. Um, and then, like I said, more divine intervention. We, I ran up to see if I could be of any help and the guy was dumb enough to get out of his car and tell me that he'd been drinking all day at some (laughs) festival. So, um, I ended up helping out with the, 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 the lawsuit on that one too for the people who we hit um but, but yeah there, there's but, but, somebody but Karen, was guiding me <laughs> you, i mean if you're and if you're like me you remember like i said the story i'm telling i i'm and it was over 40 years ago and it's like to me it happened yesterday uh, my guess is that, that it's same thing with you i mean you just remember that so very vividly right years later it, if i was called to testify in court today i could tell you even what it smelled and felt like outside it, it was i can tell you exactly where everybody was sitting in the car um yeah it is it, it happened in slow motion in my mind you know the way um it right. felt but i i can still remember every detail and and some nights every once in a while if i come around a curve that's similar i just feel that little bit of quick Not panic, but that one little, I've been at this corner before type of thing. Interesting. Thanks for the call, Karen. I appreciate it. Connie in Portage. Connie, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi. Well, I believe in guardian angels. Uh, I was uh, uh, on my way to Madison from Portage, and I stopped uh, for an accident in front, and uh, um, there's somebody pulling in front of me. Just I'm stopped, but but the mailman just pulled up front of me sorry uh, anyway okay. i stopped because there was a pickup truck in front of me and uh he oh darn it what are they doing here i'm stopped and being so good in that mailman <laughs> oh anyway so i stopped and this two young boys about 70 miles an hour the police said hit me while i'm stopped from behind slammed me into a truck that was stopped in front of me and then my car swirled around and faced north again and uh, anyway my husband said that the front of the car was up on the dash the back was laying on the ground and i got out of the car and not a scratch not a scratch so i know there was a guardian angel Yeah, no. Th- th- thanks for the call. I, pre- I mean, I think it's, it's all these different types of things, and you kind of look at this and you say, "My, my goodness, I shouldn't have walked away from this." Or you, again, you just just change the facts. And I, and I understand we're the, the first couple calls we've been talking about the big stuff and the car crashes, and I told that story. But I think sometimes it's the little things too. Like I say, my my friend and colleague who you know go, goes just by happenstance. This is the day you want to go check out the golf clubs. So you go down in the basement, and all of a sudden you notice, hey, there, there's a pipe that that's burst, and there's water all over the basement, and if you hadn't have gone down there, would you have figured out it eventually? Yes, but it probably wouldn't have been till after you had a big mess. Jeff, yesterday, I know exactly what you're talking about. A car lost its tire in front of me and went into the wall, northbound on 41, just before the Burleigh exit. 
I missed being hit by inches. Um, Jeff, I had almost the exact same experience as what you described when I was 20. I was living in New Hampshire and was moving back to Wisconsin that week. It was midwinter, and my grandmother died a couple days before. I, um, you know, I had a, I was driving a little Chrysler Sebring convertible, and almost the same thing happened, losing control of it. Brenda in Milwaukee. Brenda, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Um yeah, I totally agree that there is a guardian angel. Um, I was driving my ex-husband's old pickup truck years and years ago, and we lived on the south side, and the houses were close together. And I'd just gotten home, and I pulled in the long driveway, and this was a stick shift um, pickup truck, and the brake went all the way to the floor, the brake pedal. So <laughs> I, it was meant for the brakes to fail once I got home, but that was scary. <laughs> oh, yeah, and you, again, you, you remember it like it was yesterday, right? Right. Yeah, no, it is. No, th- thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Now, here's the flip side of this. And, and, and I mean, I understand this. I got a text, Jeff. I don't think you can attribute any of this to anything supernatural. For every positive event you can think of in which everything worked out for the best, there are just as many times in which events align just right to result in disaster. It's all random. Well, okay. I, I mean, I, I guess maybe. But I, I just, I can think of all these different sort of situations where, by all stretches of the imagination, something really bad should have happened. Josh, you, you should have been in that automobile accident. Or when you slipped and fell uh, down those stairs, you should have broken your neck, um, but, but you didn't. I, I think of all those things, and, and again, maybe people want to attribute it to being random, and I, I, I don't know the answers, don't, don't have all those answers. To me, I'm going to stick with the guardian angel concept. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Back with much more in just a minute. I want to do something non-coronavirus for a change, and Again, whether it's random or whether, you know, it's it's spiritual or it's the guardian angel, I just um, I think back on all those things that have happened to you that it could have gone the, the other way and, and it didn't and you're now here and, I don't know, thank your lucky stars maybe. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. All right, so so yesterday the governor says, well, I'm, I'm going to modify my order. I'm going to allow some really, really small businesses to reopen with certain certain limitations on them, and I'm going to allow golf courses to use golf carts, electric golf carts, which is fine, except, again, it's part of my beef with what the governor's doing, the sort of whack-a-mole thing. Like Friday, we, we're going to open the golf courses, but you can't have electric carts. And now Monday you get the order saying we can have electric cars. What changed in those couple days? I mean, the answer is is nothing. The answer is it's just kind of like you get the sense that we're making it up as, as we go along. But here's the biggest issue I have with what the governor is doing so far. He stubbornly refuses to look at the state as something other than the state as a whole and rather look at it, he refuses to look at it region by region. Now, WMC, which is the big business group in the state, they've come out with a very, very detailed plan to start the gradual reopening of the state, including restaurants and things like that. Now, nobody is saying, hey, we just automatically go back to normal. But one of the things they're saying that we should do, in addition to maintaining social distancing, et cetera, et cetera, is we need to look at the state region by region. And this is something I admit I've been obsessing on for the last couple weeks. Contrary to what the governor has been saying, 
the president's guidelines, the task force guidelines for reopening states allows you, if you're a governor, to consider different regions of the state, even different counties of the state. And many governors are starting to do that. New York, the epicenter of this, the governor of New York is saying, yeah, we're going to start looking at reopening the state, but it's going to be different rules for different regions because, okay, you've got New York City in one part of the state that's just been really, really hit. You've got huge population density, and then you've got... You know, upstate New York that has a different deal, and western New York, which has a different deal. And we're, we're not going to allow, I don't know, the Buffalo area to be held hostage to what's been going on, you know, hundreds of miles away in New York City. To which I, I look at Wisconsin, and, and here's just the numbers. I am a do-the-math guy, and I know I've been preaching this, and I do updates on the numbers all the time. If you follow me at, on Twitter, it's at Jeff Wagner 620 But, but here's, here's the bottom line. In Wisconsin, let's just look like last week to this week, Saturday to Saturday, previous Saturdays, um, you have 62 of the 72 counties in Wisconsin where there were less than 10 new coronavirus cases. In 58 of those 62 counties, there were less than five. In 28 or 29 counties, there were no new coronavirus cases, none. No new coronavirus cases. You do not have outbreaks in most of the state. There's not a curve to flatten. There's there's not even a speed bump. I mean, there there's just no significant statistically, you know, number of 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 coronavirus cases, which makes it just insane to me or absurd, maybe might the better word, that you're not going to allow, you know, for example, Chippewa Falls to start to open up with appropriate restrictions because you you have an outbreak. I don't know, hundreds of miles uh, away, or because, gee, you know, we had a flare-up at a meat plant in Racine or Kenosha, so we're, we're not going to let this happen in Chippewa Falls. The governor steadfastly and stubbornly says, nope, we're, we're going to look at this as a state-by-state, state, as a state thing, because it's possible that people might travel. So in other words, I'm, I'm concerned that we've got infected people from Kenosha who might drive three-quarters of the way across the state and bring the coronavirus with them. All right, our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'm sorry, but, but this, this makes no sense to me. I mean, are we really, is, what is the significant likelihood that somebody who is in Kenosha, number one, is going to be infected, and number two is going to drive to Bob's Bowling Alley in Chippewa Falls, hundreds of miles away, to bowl a couple games because Bob's Bowling Alley is open. It just, it, it to me, it defies common sense that people are going to, we're going to close down places hundreds of miles away on the premise that, gee, somebody that might be in one of the more hot spots is going to travel there makes no sense to me. I just don't believe that it is a reflection of reality. Also, keep in mind that those people could travel anyways. There's nothing stopping the person from Kenosha from from driving to Chippewa Falls if they want to do it. But are they going to do it to go patronize a bowling alley or go to a supper club? That's just not the way the world works. On top of that, if the concern is, gee, we don't want somebody who is infected in Kenosha driving up to Chippewa Falls, and we don't want large, and it would have to be large numbers of people. And then all of a sudden, you get people in Chippewa Falls who are in- infected, and they're going to overwhelm the, the health system in Chippewa Falls, even though, at least at present, there, there's no 
evidence that the health system has been overwhelmed pretty much anywhere in the state. Well, well, okay, if you happen to have a hot spot, if that happens to be how it works out, and you, you have all of a sudden a huge cluster of cases that erupt in Chippewa Falls, all right, well, then, then if it overwhelms the health system, and that hasn't happened anywhere in the state, then it's not like it's like 1880. You know, we're not talking covered wagons. Then you, you ship some of the people to Madison or to the Marshfield Clinic or to the hospitals in Eau Claire or La Crosse or, or even down to that facility that we have at State Fair Park that has all the, that we spend a couple million dollars on, that has all this room that there's nobody there. I mean, is it... I guess I'm not saying that you just automatically lift a curtain across the state. I think you want to maintain social distancing for places like restaurants. You you want to have rules that limit the number of people. And I actually think we're pretty good about that. But this idea that we can't open various parts of the state where there is little or no incidence of coronavirus because several hundred miles away you've got an outbreak to me that doesn't make any sense 855-616-1620 that's the acunate mortgage talk and text line let's start with jason in sheboygan jason you're on wtmj hey good afternoon jeff um, what, what you just said makes a lot of sense um it really does but my my concern is i live in sheboygan county and I would think that'd be one county you could open up. I think we have 45 or something, I don't know, something low number. 40, 40, yeah, 44 as of, I have the numbers, 44 as of last Saturday total, um, five over from week to week. But, yes, 44 is the number that they, as, of, as of Saturday, yep. And, and I know I think over half was from some um, nursing home. But um, my question, so under your plan, should boy there probably be opened up. Now, you're telling me, because I know a lot of people who drive from the Brown Deer, Milwaukee area for jobs up in Sheboygan. You're telling me they're not going to come up here for restaurants or bars that might be open? Uh, I, I, I highly doubt that. I mean, I think they're going to come up. So well, you're going to turn the hot I mean, spots I, into mini hot spots. That's what I fear. Well, I guess. So when I you mean, say from here, all... Milwaukee to, to La Crosse, I understand that. That's, but, right. Well, I mean, I appreciate that. Thanks. Okay, so I mean, if that's if that's realistically the concern, if, if you're if you are if let's say for the sake of argument, you're within thirty miles of a hot spot, and so you want to have different restrictions on that, that that's fine. But like I say, sixty-two out of the seventy-two counties. You couldn't call them hot spots. I mean, you, I'm not even sure you could call them warm spots. So, okay, maybe you decide. And, and see, and that's where I'd get the local authorities and I'd get the local authorities involved. Is the is the county executive in Sheboygan County? Are they concerned that they're somehow going to be flooded with I, I don't know people carrying infections in Milwaukee County? But even in Milwaukee County, I mean, but what's 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 Milwaukee County? I mean, over a million, right? Um, and and you've got. Uh, 2,000, 2,500 people who've tested positive out of, you know, however many hundreds, thousands of people there are, a million people. I mean, seriously, what, what are the odds that you're going to have large numbers of people who are infected who are going to be traveling up, up to Sheboygan? But okay, I mean, if that's, if that's a concern that you're within X number of miles of a hot spot, so we want to have a few extra restrictions, that, that's okay. But that's still not going to cover the vast bulk of the state. That this idea of one size fits all, it, it doesn't. And I think, interestingly, the president's guidelines make it clear that, that one size doesn't fit all, fit all and that you have to, you know, take into account the different concerns. But, but keep in mind, I mean, you've got, 
I mean, to, to your example, I mean, if, if you have somebody, for example, that is working at an quote-unquote essential business right now in Sheboygan, and they live in Milwaukee County, and my guess is there's a lot of those people, they're, they're still driving up there. I mean, so there's still, there's always going to be a degree of risk. You just haven't seen any sort of explosion that, that's, that's happened. And I'm not arguing that you, you do away with the social distancing rules. I'm not saying you just ignore everything, but, but can't you be, be smart about it? And if the idea is, gee, just we're going to have all the, these people traveling, makes no sense to me. And that's why I think the WMC's program is, is very, very good. It says, okay, let's look at, let's look at the local considerations. Let, let's look at what the history has been, but we want to be flexible. So, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're going to have all sorts of people carrying the virus from Kenosha who are going to drive en masse up to Bob's Bowling Alley in Chippewa Falls, and maybe somebody's going to spread the disease there. Okay, well, if that happens... If that happens, then, you know, you need to be able to react to it. I just don't think it's going to. We continue the conversation in a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I just think we need to be smarter as to how we approach this. And the idea that we're going to treat Chippewa Falls the same as we're going to treat Milwaukee, which is the same as we're going to treat Brown County, which is the same as we're going to treat Jefferson, that doesn't make any sense to me, and I don't think it makes sense to most people. Back with continue the conversation in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. See, it's kind of a do-the-math thing. E- even in, in Milwaukee County, where you have, um, okay, as of Saturday, numbers are a little higher now, but as of Saturday, 2,525 cases, 2,525 cases of, of COVID-19. Um, most of the people are on the way to recovery, etc. Uh, even even with that, 2,500 out of, what, o- over a million. Okay, so the, the overwhelming majority of people are, are, don't have it. And so we're going to be concerned that, gee, that the person or the people that are going to drive, I, I don't know, to, to wherever, that are going to drive to Sheboygan or Fond du Lac or, or Appleton, that they're going to they're going to take it with them. And what they're going to do is they're going to be in a position to infect somebody else because they're, they're going to go to a particular restaurant in downtown Appleton, in my example. I, I think that is so remote that it doesn't justify keeping all these different places closed. And, and keep in mind also, and a couple people are making this on the text line, I, I don't know what the end game is. When we started all of this, the goal would recognize that we're not going to eliminate coronavirus anytime soon. I mean, it's going to be with us until we get a vaccine, which best case scenario is a year to a year and a half away. Some people say we're not going to have one for five years. Or you get some sort of therapeutic, something that if somebody gets it, you can give it to them and it minimizes the symptoms. But we're going to have coronavirus with us for the foreseeable future. So the question is, how do you end up living with this? So the idea, keep in mind, has always been flatten the curve. Stop it from overwhelming the healthcare system. Not eliminate it, because there's always people that are going to, to catch it. So, I mean, at some point in time, if you've got large chunks of the state where there's little or no coronavirus, I mean, are, are, unless we're going to simply say, for the next year and a half, you're not going to be able to travel 
outside of your home, and I don't think anybody thinks that that is a feasible solution. I mean, already you're seeing widespread rebellion uh, against these different orders, and as we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show, you're you're seeing economic devastation. So, I mean, at some point in time, I mean, here's the bottom line. People are going to be going up north. That's just the reality. People are going to be traveling. I think at this point in time, the odds that I don't know, somebody is going to drive halfway across the state or going to drive 50 or 60 or 70 miles just for the ability to go out and sit in a restaurant. I, I think that is that is remote in the extreme. And if people really want to travel, they can travel already now. Let's talk to Cheryl in Green Lake. Cheryl, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Um, I Hi, think Cheryl. there's a pretty simple solution to all of this, and that's if you're out in public, you wear a mask. Um, it's cheap. It's effective. It would mm-hmm. protect all of us from each other, and all the countries that have been successful so far in controlling this, even after an outbreak, it's mandatory. I was just in town, and it, like half the people there or more had no protection on, and it, it's just mm-hmm. such a simple thing we could all do that would probably make the state accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some limitations. You can't, I mean, if you wanted to open up a restaurant, well, you know, you can't wear the mask to eat. But there's things you can do in the restaurants to separate people, and you have, you know, the servers and stuff, you, you have them wearing masks. So you, you can add that extra degree of protection to stop there from being an epidemic. Yeah, there, I think there's just all sorts of things we can do to start opening up the state, you know, in, in a smart sort of fashion and again, I guess recognizing that, you know, the issues that you have going on in Green Lake, Cheryl, might be different than the issues they have going on in downtown Milwaukee, which are different than the issues they have going on, I don't know, in, in Watoma or Wapaka or wherever. Yeah, but we're going to yeah, have thanks. a big influx of people coming from out of state for the summer up mm-hmm. here around our lake, and it's every yep. lake up here. So there's going to, and they're coming from the Chicago area, which has had right. a big outbreak of this. Yep. And it would yep. be such a simple thing. It, okay, if you're eating your dinner, maybe not. But in most circumstances, yeah. a mask isn't that inconvenient. If, and if they'd had them available to people, which yep. is not the case right now, um, I don't think most people would be opposed to doing that to protect themselves and everybody else. No, I, I don't disagree with you at all. Thanks for the call, Cheryl. I mean, I don't. And these are, like, reasonable things that you consider doing. You know, you make another interesting point that's kind of a larger point. The, all right, let us assume, for the sake of argument, that, that we do live in a mobile society and that people can move around. Well, okay, what... What, what is to stop? For example, I mean, are we going to say we're not going to open up the state of Wisconsin until Chicago has its – we're not going to allow businesses to open up in Lake Geneva until Chicago has its problem under control because, you know, well, let, let's see. It's easier. It's probably a lot closer to drive from Chicago to Lake Geneva than it is from Milwaukee to Eau Claire. So, I mean, where do we, where do we draw the, these sort of lines? Are we now going to hold our state hostage because, gee, you, you have an outbreak in a, a really dense city like, like Chicago where you've got completely different concerns than you have, again, in other parts of the state. I just think we need to be more systematic about it and recognizing that, that corona we have to figure out a way to live with coronavirus because if the standard is really going to be, all right, we're, we're not going to open up anything until, until it's gone. Well, I'm just, 
I'm just here to tell you that that's not that's not going to happen anytime soon until you get a vaccine. And even then, three quarters of the people aren't going to take the vaccine or 50 percent won't get the vaccine for the first couple of years. So it, it's it's something you got to manage and nobody wants to get it. And if you're in one of those targeted risk groups where you've got hypertension or you're overweight or you've got uncontrolled diabetes and, you know, you're in your 60s, which is a different risk group than if you're in 70s or in your 80s. I mean, obviously, if you're in these higher risk groups, you've got to take it upon yourself to be a lot more careful and and you shouldn't probably be in large groups but okay if you're somebody who's in in their 30s and you're healthy it's a different concern isn't it all right lots more coming up on the program don't go anywhere this is jeff wagner wtmj the WTMJ five-day forecast this afternoon. Showers and thunderstorms returning to the area. 57 degrees for your high in Milwaukee, 64 inland. For tonight, mostly cloudy with some showers likely, a low of 44 degrees. Wednesday looks soggy, mostly cloudy, cool and windy with showers likely, a high 52. Thursday, showers in the morning and breezy, becoming partly cloudy, 55. Friday, partly cloudy, 58 near the lake, 64 inland. And Saturday, partly cloudy with a slight chance of showers and a high of 65 degrees. I'm meteorologist Brian Nisnansky with the Storm Team Forecast on WTMJ. Right now in Madison, 64 degrees in Green Bay, 49, Waukesha, 57, and in Milwaukee, 42. I'm Eric Bilstead, News Radio, WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. You know, I'm a do-the-math guy, and, and that guides a lot of the recommendations and the, the approach that, that I take. But at the same time, I recognize that there's stories behind the math. In Wisconsin, since the whole coronavirus outbreak took off, and, it, and it's, by the way, it, it's not all due to government shutting down certain businesses. It's due to market factors and all sorts of things. But over 300,000 people have lost their jobs. Uh, permanently, don't know. Temporarily, don't know. Over 300,000 people filing for unemployment. And my guess is there's all sorts of other people that have had to take pay cuts or or whatever. And, and that's that's a really big number. But beyond Beyond that number, there, there are faces that, that go with it. And one of the things that I have noticed over the last several weeks is I, I don't know that we're doing a good job of putting, putting the stories behind those faces uh, of people who are in a situation where they've lost their job. And, you know, now they're, they're figuring, okay, how are we going to pay rent? How are we going to make the mortgage payments, et cetera? How are we going to send our kids to college? What is this going to do? Now, so far, a lot of the pain has been a private sector sort of thing. But even that's starting to change now, that you're starting to see this layover into the, into the public sector as well with layoffs and furloughs, et cetera. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, I, I want to try to put stories to some of this. If you have been furloughed, laid off, fired, if a uh, substantial pay cut, if you are a, a business person whose business has been closed, either because of the government order or just because it doesn't make any sense to stay open, given you know what, what's happening, I, I'd like to talk to you because I want to try to put faces, voices to some of the stuff that's going on. Because like I say, I, I don't think... 
You know, we, we tell the stories about, you know, the, the people who've gotten sick and have gotten better. We tell the stories about, the, you know, hundreds of people who've lost their lives, and those are all valid stories. But there is this flip side uh, of this economic devastation which has been going on. And, again, it's it's not all caused because of government shutdown orders and all. But I'd like to put... I'd like to put voices to that, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you've been laid off, furloughed, I don't know, your business has had to close, I would like to talk to you how significant an impact has this had on your life and, and what what does the immediate future and even the mid-range future, mid-range future look like for you? 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You know, I was looking at a story in USA Today um, talking about that they, they identify 21 prominent businesses who have been laying off people. And, and the numbers are, are just absolutely staggering. Um, General Motors, 6,500 people furloughed. Under Armour. 6,700 people furloughed. Um, let's see, places that you might know. CarMax, furloughed employees, 15,500. And again, it, it's not necessarily CarMax couldn't stay open. It, it's not a government order, but it's the fact that, all right, concerns about this have absolutely you know, caused car sales to crater. Now, I understand they're still selling cars here and there, but, but people aren't out buying cars. Dick's Sporting Goods. 40,000 people furloughed. Now, they've they've kept some stores open with, like, skeleton staff, so you can, if you order online, you can go pick it up curbside. 40,000 people furloughed. Cheesecake Factory, 41,000 people furloughed since the end of March. J.C. Penney, almost all their hourly workforce has been furloughed, and there are serious questions about whether or not J.C. Penney's will ever reopen. Best Buy, 51,000 people furloughed. Caesars Entertainment. Caesar's Palace in D.C., Planet Hollywood, etc., almost 60,000 people furloughed. Um, the Gap, 80,000 people furloughed. Kohl's, local company, 85,000 people furloughed. 85,000 people. Marriott, the hotels, 117,000 people furloughed. Macy's, the majority of 125,000 employees furloughed. And uh, again, serious questions as to whether Macy's is going to reopen because they're hemorrhaging cash as well. Disney, 100,000 people furloughed. So, and again, it's it's not just, this isn't just government-ordered shutdowns. This is just the, the economy. We're not even talking about airlines. Airlines can fly, but they're not because nobody's nobody's flying on them. 855-616-1620. Let's start with Dennis and Racine. Dennis, you're first. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Okay, have you how how is this how has the shutdown impacted you personally? Well, I have a small business in Racine that's retail business, um, and it's shut down overnight. Uh, you know, hundred percent loss of sales. I had to let go some really good employees, and um, it's you know that's tough. Mm-hmm. Do you think you're going to be re? You, do you think you're going to be able to reopen anytime soon, re- regardless of what the, the governor does? I mean, are you going to be able to come back? You mean after the governor opens things up? You mean? Or, yeah. Because yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll survive. We've been in business for 20-some years. Uh, everything was going pretty well. Um, so, I, you know, I've got enough accumulated. Um, I, won't, I don't have a lot of cash, but accumulated wealth right. that I think I'll be able to survive it. But uh, it's, it's right. tough. Um, it's, it's, it's tough. I, I went to the uh, protest last week and was interviewed, and uh, – 
I got all sorts of um, really negative feedback. And, and I, basically all I wanted to do is, uh, you know, say that, uh, you know, you can care about both the virus and the economic damage at the same time. And uh, yeah. some people just didn't want to hear that message. <laughs> No, no. Th- thanks for calling, Dennis, and thanks for calling. I mean, I, I really mean it because, right? That, that's that's it. You, it. It doesn't have to be an either or. And you know, I mean, I, I heard the governor's his press conference yesterday, and he's saying, "Well, thousands of Wisconsinites are working." Yeah, that that's true. But hundreds of thousands of Wisconsinites have, through no fault of their own, you know, lost lost their livelihoods. Their businesses are in danger. And, and even you know, if you're a small businessman, even if you're not going to go belly up, okay, chances are it's you know, maybe you're not going to be able to rehire all your your employees. And that's that's a story. Nate in Janesville. Nate, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, I'm a physician assistant. I work for Mercy Health System in Janesville, Wisconsin. Uh, and recently, I was actually just laid off completely from my job. Um, entirely. And so, you know, I guess expecting even these healthcare sectors that you might not think of it, but working in an outpatient setting, uh, it's affecting even that. There's not enough people that we can even see in clinics to keep uh, outpatient places open. Okay, so by laid off, you effectively mean terminated. You're 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 done. I was at terminated least for the foreseeable yeah, future. Yep. Yeah, wow. <laughs> laid off so, sounds so, nice, see, but terminated. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. But well, no. But I mean, I just, I mean, I guess the question was going to be, do you expect to be called back in a couple weeks or something? And you're saying no. You you're just you you think that that your job that you had is gone is what you're saying? Yeah, initially it was furlough, and then uh, I was informed yesterday that it is just gone entirely now. You know, this is one of the insane things about this whole thing that that, that the healthcare industry is just getting decimated by this because you would think that, okay, this is a time where, you know, you've got all the hospitals, you you know, because that's all we're hearing. But the truth is, to your point, a lot of the elective surgeries have been canceled. A, a lot of the, the 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 routine stuff, it people aren't doing it anymore, and it's killing the, the different healthcare companies. Yeah, and it's horrible for patient care, too. We see people who are pretty sick, people with autoimmune disease and things of that nature, too, and their visits are being pushed back or they're not even being able to be seen, so you don't really know where oh, yeah. they're even at in that whole process. So uh, I think it's really going to yeah. be pretty bad for people's health, but it's the bottom line that our system is most worried about right now. No, thanks for calling, Nate. I appreciate. It. Well, that's you know, and and I'm I'm very sorry to hear that, but this, but it is kind of the reality that you know what we've done, and I understand, and this isn't a criticism, but it's at the same time, it, there's this balancing that's there. So we we pretty much okay said to all these hospitals, you know, we we want you ready to handle the, in case we don't want you to be overwhelmed. So take the you know the the spaces that you use for uh, elective surgery for the hip replacements for the colonoscopies for you know all all this other stuff and and convert this so you're built in the ability to turn this into you know extra ICU wards in case there's a surge in coronavirus cases and there hasn't been and that's a good that's good news it's good news that we haven't had this overwhelmed but in general like I say I have some I have some people close to me who work in the healthcare industry as well who aren't in the emer- the emergency rooms you know they're, they're not in that sort of thing and and but and they're just saying they're talking about like layoffs and huge shift cuts because again all the non the, the non-covid-19 stuff that that's all it's being delayed and you wonder what the health consequences that that's going to be but here you see it, it adversely affecting get people in the healthcare that are being fired for goodness sakes val in west bend val you're on wtmj Hi, Jeff. How are you? Very well, thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Um, I'm a hairstylist in West Bend. Um, have not worked since March 11th, I believe. And we're all full-time hairstylists. And unemployment has been a nightmare. And 
I'm hoping all my coworkers are doing well, but it, it's been pretty awful. I don't know. And in regards to your previous caller, I, too, was supposed to have had a, an elective surgery last month, and that's been put off indefinitely at this point. Right, and, and I guess it, it, unless it's an absolute emergency sort of thing, but I mean, I, I'm thinking about all the people who you, you say elective. Okay, so I mean, I don't know what your situation is, but somebody needs a new hip, or somebody needs a, a new knee replacement, or somebody needs, you know, you know that uh, I don't know the the precancerous thing that you want to get taken off the mole or whatever, and they're delaying all of that. Hey Val, let me ask you this: um, how, Do you think you're a hairstylist? Do you think if you were allowed to go back to work tomorrow? Do you think that they could set it up in a way that you could do it safely? That you wouldn't be, you wouldn't feel scared, and your customers wouldn't feel scared? No, absolutely. We have a thirty-five hundred square foot salon. We have multiple processing areas. Um, we have changing rooms with doors on them if somebody really wanted to be completely separated. And I mean, we're willing to do whatever we have to do to get open as soon as we can. Okay. So if your business opened up tomorrow, you would be willing to go back to work, and may, maybe it means you have to wear a mask, maybe it means your, your customers have to wear a mask, and maybe take fewer pay, pay, take fewer customers and sanitize stuff between hands. But you, you think you could do it in a safe fashion? Absolutely. I mean, we've had numerous meetings talking about, you know, we've always been very, very, you know, sanitary and very, but we've even upped it since this all started, and we could, I feel, 100% do it in a way that would be safe for ourselves and for our clients. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I think I think a lot of people feel that way, and of course, you know, there, there is this individual thing. If, for example, you know, you, but let's say, you know, that the, the hair salons, the barber shops open up, Okay, and you've got different requirements that are put on to those, and, and you don't feel comfortable going in them. Well, nobody's going to make you go in them. You, then, then stay home. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Tales from the Front. Have you been? Have you been laid off? Have you lost your job? Has your business had to close? And, and how bad has it been? We continue with the calls in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Here's several texts on this. Jeff, the hospital in Fond du Lac only has 50 patients in it. They're not taking anybody new. You can't get a mammogram. You can't get a colonoscopy. They're going to go under. They need to get this opened up. Um, Jeff, let's see. Jeff, I have been a a physician's assistant for 25 years. Uh, Let's see. The job was eliminated two years ago, uh, multiple reasons other than COVID-19. Well, right, it, it's there, there's no question about that, that you have, um, you know, these things that are going on. Um, Jeff, if I hear Governor Evers say one more time, we're all in this together, folks, I'm going to spit up. Um, some people are still getting a paycheck. I am not. I haven't for week weeks. I'm waiting for the stimulus check, but still... Um, I, I don't know where that's going to be. number of people talking about how what, what's happened is they've lost their jobs, but their, their spouse is, is still working, and, and so they're, they're able to make do, but they just don't think the jobs that they were doing are, are going to come back. I mean, and that's, see, that, that's the flip side of this. And, again, I, I won't understand that people understand. I recognize that a lot of the closures aren't exclusively due to government orders. I mean, there there are market forces as well. Auto dealers can, can stay in business, but the problem is 
given everything that's going on and given the economic uncertainty and just the stay-at-home orders and just the, the in general, the psyche, people aren't running out right now and buying new cars. Hopefully, they're, they're going to start doing that. The travel industry is just the, the same way. We, don't, we want to talk about an industry that's just been absolutely devastated by this. Yes, part of it is the fact that, okay, you've got the stay-at-home orders, and so you know, you're, you're certainly you're not going to go to Italy right now you know, because Italy is closed down, and even if you can get a flight there, there's nothing to do once you get there. But psychologically, I think this is going to impact people that you know, it's going to be a while before at least large numbers of people are, are going to want to go on cruises. Now, I, I've made this argument. I think that once the cruise lines start operating, I think that you're going to um, – it's kind of like schools after, after they get a bomb threat. The, the, I've always argued the next day, that school is the safest, that school is the safest it will ever be because you've got the police, you've got the dogs that have gone through there, you've had all the searching that, that's, that's, that's been there, and you've got the enhanced security, much more so than on a regular basis. I think part of the brave new world is once, once, for example, cruise ships start operating again, you are going to see unprecedented levels of, of sanitation and, and cleanliness, etc., 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 that you just never even imagined before. So I think people are going to start to gradually come back. But let's face it, this, this is going to be a, a gradual thing. And then, I mean, you look at all the businesses that have been impacted. I mean, I, I think about you know, all the people, for example, who, who work who work for, for Miller Park. Let, let's just take this, and this is the last year of, of Miller Park, as, it, as it's under that name. But, you know, think of all the people that work as, as ushers or as vendors. And then think of all the suppliers of the, the food products that you would sell at, at Miller Park, and then that multiply that across all the major league and minor league stadiums across the country. And, and you see the, this trickled offense, uh, this, this trickle-down approach that ends up impacting stuff. There was really an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal the other day that my dear friend Evan sent me and called my attention to. A, a lot of these venues that are now closed down, they, they, had, they had ordered, they think there's a million kegs of beer across the country stored in in various stadiums etc etc all going bad nowadays because you know it was ordered in anticipation of the NCAA tournament or you know the rest of the NBA basketball season or the start of the baseball season etc etc and it's just sitting there going bad and the question's going to be you know what what do you do with that because after a certain date you you just got to dump it in any event again this this affects all sorts of different people and there are faces, there are faces that we need to put on the flip side of this and got to figure out, you know, how we can get businesses open as soon as possible. Because for people who say, okay, let's keep the country closed for another year or, or whatever, okay, well, that that's all well and good as long as, you know, your job is intact or as long as your Social Security payments are intact or as long as you're retired and you're living off, you know, lots of savings and things like that. You know, if you're trying to figure out, gee, how how am I going to send my kid to college and how am I going to make my rent payment, my car payment, different dynamic. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. I am so very glad to have you with us today. 
There are heroes among us who run towards danger rather than away from it. We call them first responders. WTMJ is partnering with Waterstone Bank, General Communications, and the Packing House to honor police officers, firefighters, health care providers, and countless others who work every day to protect our families and loved ones. If you know of a first responder who deserves recognition for their duties, go to WTMJ.com. It's Steve Scafidi's Salute to Service on WTMJ. I believe this is the third year Steve has done it. It is a wonderful program. If you know somebody that deserves recognition please 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 nominate them okay 855-616-1620 which is the acunet mortgage talk and text line this is another one of the unintended consequences of our, our war against the coronavirus pandemic once when this all first started what happened was the the vice president uh, encouraged uh, encouraged hospitals to um, adapt beds and supplies to essentially be prepared for uh, a, a wave, a surge of COVID-19 cases, because you don't want that the hospitals to be overwhelmed. And so hospitals started doing that. Now, thankfully, in large parts of the country, and let's just talk about Wisconsin, we haven't we haven't been overwhelmed. There, that just it hasn't happened, and that's that is a good thing. But what happened is um, we we were told that in order to do that, the hospitals were told, all right, here's what we want you to do. We want you to have patients forego routine, routine, and I say quote-unquote routine procedures. So mammograms, no. Colonoscopies, no. Routine cancer screenings, no. Off off the board. Um, One thing after another. The texter earlier said, okay, you know, my my husband had prostate cancer. Now, and and so they delayed all his treatments. Now, again, prostate cancer, very, very slow growing. That's a good thing. But at the same time, I don't know, if you you get that diagnosis that you've got cancer, you've got, uh, regardless of what it is, you know, you're being told, okay, well, we're going to put off the treatments. Don't worry, we're going to put off starting the treatments for for a few months. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Have you been in a situation where, or do you have somebody close to you, where the the, the procedures are, are being put off or delayed or canceled indefinitely as a result of of this. And I'm not blaming anybody. That's not it. I'm just curious as to, you know, what's going on with people that are out there. Um, Jeff, I have two rupture discs in my lower back. I need cortisone injections. Not only have the clinics been closed, but they will uh, lower my immune system. I'm staying in pain. Um, Jeff, our daughter has breast cancer and her surgery has been postponed. Jeff, I was supposed to have knee replacement surgery last Thursday. It was canceled with no new dates. Um, Jeff, um, you know, most of the things that have been canceled for me, it's just my teeth cleanings and dental procedures. Well, that's, you know, that that's true as well. That's supposedly, you know, that, that's the American Dental Association, and supposedly you're going to have dentists that are going to start opening up after the end of this month, because uh, I've been in that situation as well. Let's see, Jeff, I know people who have been waiting two months for rotator cuff surgery. Uh, again, elective, I guess, but still, if it's you that's affected, you want to end up getting the treatments. But this also explains why it is that you see the huge layoffs in the medical industry because, you know, the, 
It's the rotator cuff surgeries. It's the knee replacements. It's the colonoscopies. It's the mammograms. That that's that's where these hospitals make make their money. And you know, you you cancel all of those sorts of procedures. You don't need the people that are doing those anymore, and they end up getting laid off. And the hospital systems end up taking just a huge hit. And you know, patient care ends up suffering. Now. Um, you, you know, I, in my, I'm in relatively good health. I go in every six months for a checkup, and they do some blood work and stuff. That's due in April. Haven't even tried to schedule it because I'm not sure that they are doing that. And, and but again, mine's not an emergency sort of situation. But I'm sure there's all sorts of people out there who, they are delaying their health care choices while we try to end up getting through this. Eight five five six. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, tales from the front. I mean, how how has this affected you or people close to you with regard to again, you know, your ability to get health care? Lynn in Milton. Lynn, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. I have a brother-in-law who has been uh, trying to reduce. He has colon cancer. I'm trying to shrink the tumor for the last three years. Stage okay. three cancer. They finally shrunk okay. it enough that they are were planning on doing surgery to re, to remove what right. was left of the tumor, right. and it's canceled indefinitely. <laughs> can't just just canceled canceled indefinitely, huh? Correct. <laughs> he can't be too happy. He can't be too happy about that. He's on oral chemo right now, but you know, you finally get to a spot that they can, they think that they can alleviate it, and now, you know, we're in this uh, twilight zone. Yeah. No, no. Thank, thanks for the call. I mean, and I, I just, I believe me. I'm, you know, when I hear cancer, you just, you just trust me. You just don't want to fool around a, at all. Ed in Jackson. Ed, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yes, my wife or my mother-in-law, she had cataract surgery right before this all happened, and she was going in to get the other eye done, and they put it right. off, and now she can't really see. And what <laughs> she loves to do is read and sew. She can't read and she can't sew because it really throws her off. She can only see through one eye really good, and the other one's all goofed up. So she's still waiting. Right, and- <laughs> And, and and no no due date and no idea when she's going to be able to get in to have this procedure done. No, she's like we were talking to her. She was like crying because she couldn't do what she wanted. So it's kind of sad. Yeah. No. Thanks to call it. I mean, right. Th- and see, and this is the flip. These are the other stories that that aren't aren't getting told. And I'm not. And, and again, I'm I, when I do this, I don't downplay the significance of coronavirus, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, th- this is something we have to figure out a- as well because it's you know it's it's a huge issue because how long can you delay medical care by simply to saying well well it's elective okay well Jeff my knee replacement has been postponed indefinitely I don't even see a surgeon again until November I can handle the pain but it makes me it irritates me that the local hospital is mostly empty and health care workers there are on furlough it it makes no sense 
Um, here's another cataract story. Jeff, my husband has one had one cataract removed and had a new lens put in, which also corrected his vision. The other one has been put off. He's been walking around for two months with only one lens in his glasses. The procedure was not even scheduled to be done, but in a regular in a regular hospital, but in a laser surgery center. Um, Jeff, I do know somebody had a bone marrow transplant last week at UW Madison. They did not put that on hold. Um, yes, yes, yes. Um, Jeff, cancer surgery should not be considered optional. Well, I would tend to agree with that, you know, as as well. I, I guess I just again just bring this up because there are there's a face, you know, to, to these you know different situations, and I, I understand that there's there's elective surgeries and there's you know other elective surgeries, but this is one of these things that you know sooner. Rather than later, you know, we've got to get these hospitals back operating, and you know, people who have these different procedures that are scheduled, you know, need need to get in to do them, and and that's important too from the perspective of the hospital if we want these healthcare systems to to stay in business. Mark and Jackson, Mark here on WTMJ. Hi, hi, Jeff. Um, yeah, hi. I um, I was concerned about that too because I actually needed to see my cardiologist. I had some issues. I had heart surgery over a year ago. Anyway, I called yesterday, and they had got me in today. And he said, Good. "He said, yeah, they're starting to open up." He said, "They he only had like three appointments all day. They've been really slow." And he said, "They, you know, they did and are considered a backup." This is Frater, you know, Jackson. They are all considered right. a backup for the main campus. But he said right. that hasn't come to pass. So now they're starting to see that they have it under control and they're opening things up, but it's different. I mean, you're standing behind a a second border when you check in. Everybody there, including the sheriff and the lobby's got masks on. It's a different world. (laughs) No, no, thanks, Nicole. Well, I mean, and again, I I think if that's what it takes, okay, wearing a mask and having to go into a check-in procedure or keeping distance, if that's what it takes to to keep the stuff open, I'm cool with that. I mean, and that I think is going to be the new normal for a while. But I, I think it's important to recognize that, you know, there's all sorts of people that are, are having significant health care things delayed while, you know, we, we deal with this, this other issue. And, I mean, I, look, I, I'm not going to criticize spending a couple million dollars to turn the Expo Center at State Fair Park into an overflow COVID-19 ward that, that we're probably – thankfully never going to use you you want to make sure you have that capacity there but at the same time we got to remember all the other stuff that is going on jeff i had an accident in march before this all started they put me back together again but now it is impossible to get a follow-up i have nerve damage i've been referred to one of the hospital systems i'm unable to get it done even though i've heard that they've laid off you know hundreds of people uh there is a face to this as well just like there's a face to the 300 plus thousand people who've lost their jobs as a result of this, and um, it's going to be a gradual sort of comeback. But it seems to me that you can't you can't sacrifice medical care, and uh, again, in the area of cancer surgeries or stents for heart procedures or things like that. I don't know. I don't consider that to be routine. I wouldn't consider it to be routine if it was me, and I wouldn't consider it to be routine if it was somebody close to me, and I wouldn't consider it to be routine if it's you. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. Back for more. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 
Okay, it was in September to remember. 2019 for the Milwaukee Brewers in the middle of a stretch where they won 18 of 20 games. They were in St. Louis with a chance to catch the Cardinals for the National League Central Crown. Join us this Wednesday. That would be tomorrow, April 29th, for our next Brewers Classic. Two outs, bottom of the ninth, down to one, down one with the bases loaded. Ryan Braun at the plate. I know how it turns out. Brewers win. Don't miss our next Brewers Classic, sponsored by Biofuels Association, Chevrolet, West Bend Insurance, Habish Habish Rotier, and, of course, Toyota. All right. Uh, boy, the texts keep coming in here. Jeff, in many cases, medical, mental health care has fallen through the cracks without people being able to see their necessary psychiatrist and psychologist if they won't agree to do it over the phone. That's not good. Jeff, I had hip replacement surgery canceled in early April. It has not been rescheduled. The surgeon hopes to do my surgery in about three weeks. In the meantime, I am in significant pain. Uh, Nate sends me a note. Jeff, my sister is a mammographer in the Madison area. She was laid off today. Being a single mom, she is devastated. Her job helps people prevent breast cancer. Sad that they don't feel her job is essential enough. I mean, these are these are very, very real issues that are out there. Hey, I wanted to offer some thoughts on, on something that I, I think it's being, I don't want to say necessarily miscovered, but I, I don't think it is being explained correctly um, for whatever, whatever reason. And it has to do with a decision that the state Supreme Court is going to be making probably this week, in the next couple of days maybe, as to whether or not they are going to take the, the case, this lawsuit that the legislature, the Republicans in the legislature, filed against Tony Evers. Now, the way the governor has spun the story is, oh, this is terrible. These evil Republicans, they don't care about human lives, etc. This is, of course, the lawsuit that challenges the governor's ability to extend his safer-at-home order past the middle of May. And, and that's the way this whole thing is getting spun. You've got the evil Republicans who don't care if people die or, or not. That's not what this is all about. And as a matter of fact, there was a lawsuit in, in Illinois that, at least at the circuit court level, the people challenging the governor won one yesterday. Matter of fact, I, I forwarded that. John McCure sent it out on a tweet, and I, I retweeted it. You can follow me at Jeff Wagner 620. But here's the deal. The law, we don't elect kings. And, and this, this applies to the President of the United States, Donald Trump, and it applies to the governor of the state of Wisconsin, Tony Evers. We, we don't elect kings. They have powers, but the powers are limited. In Wisconsin, the law gives the governor power to do essentially what he's done, to kind of shut down the state in this sort of crisis. But it limits how long he can do that. It gives him the authority for a 30-day shutdown and then an additional 30 days. And after that time, okay, what happens is that the legislature has to get involved. All right, so this is what this lawsuit is. The lawsuit is saying, look, the governor is now trying to continue his safer-at-home order beyond the scope of that, that 60 days that he would have under the statute or whatever that, that number would be. The lawsuit says he doesn't have the power under the law to do that. He's not the king. He has enumerated powers, and, and beyond you know the continuance, you don't have the authority to do it. The governor's position is that that law doesn't restrict me that he has an independent authority through the Department of Health, and they can essentially, you can have an, an unelected, unaccountable 
head of the Department of Health, in this case it's, it's at Andrea Palm, who can essentially, regardless of, of what this one law says, she has unlimited power to keep the state closed as, as long as she wants, and there's no review at all. This lawsuit challenges that. The lawsuit says, look, here, here's what has to happen. The law says the governor can do this, but the governor can only do it for X length of time. He doesn't have an opportunity to do it in an unlimited fashion, and you can't designate that. You can't get around the law by saying, okay, well, we're just going to have my appointee who's unelected and unconfirmed at this point, we're just going to have you know, her issue a separate order to keep the state all closed down. This is what that lawsuit is all about. Now, I happen to think it has merit, and I think if the Supreme Court takes it, the Republicans are going to win. That, that's just my sense. But I could be wrong. You, could, you can go broke trying to predict what a court is going to do. But it's not a question of, okay, do, do people care about lives, etc. It's a question of we don't have kings in this country. We, have, we are a country of laws, and the laws say how much power you have. In this case... The argument is that the Tony Evers is abusing his authority by claiming to have authority beyond what the law says. Maybe the court will agree with that. Maybe they won't. This is the same thing that's played out on the national level, both in during the Obama administration and the Trump administration, where you've had President Obama and President Trump who've just said, we have this great power, we can do what we want, and, you know, who, who cares what the law says? We, we should be able to do this without having to pay attention to the law because we are the executives. And, and it's led to lawsuits. That's what this is all about. It's not about, gee, does one party care about saving lives or not? It's about, you know, who has the power to do stuff. How the court is going to decide, don't know. All right, when we come back, something completely different. Public tax revenues are going to take a hit because of this. Right, there's some legislators in Washington that think they have an idea as to how they can get more money short term. We're going to talk about what that idea is and what it might mean to you. Stick around. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. So delighted to have you with us. This is admittedly in the category of too much information, but during during the break, I you see normally if you want to use the restroom and you're at work, well, you have to kind of go out of the studio and kind of walk around a couple corners. Here, I just have to walk out of my upstairs office and, and take a take a right. And I, I was just I was looking at, at the mirrors I look at myself in every day, and I, I I will tell you what the first thing that I'm going to do once we start to open up things, and that is, I'm going to get a haircut. <laughs> It's just, and, and I, I look, it's, it's one of those deals where I, I guess I'm sort of fortunate at my age that I, I've got a lot of hair and stuff, but it's it's just, it's like, I, I feel like I'm back in the 70s, and my only defense is, if you look at a picture in the photo IDs, and if you grew up in Wisconsin, here's one of the things that, it, it's kind of alien now, where we all have, you know, our picture driver's license, and we've got the real ID and all those type of things, but back back in the day, back in the, the 70s and stuff, when you got a driver's license, it, it was just it was a paper driver's license, and it didn't have your picture on it. That, that's how it used to be in Wisconsin. And the drinking age when I turned 18 was 18. And if you wanted to have proof of identification to go into bars, well, driver's licenses didn't work because they didn't have pictures on them. And, you know, you, your older brother's driver's license or whatever. So you had to go down and you had to get like, a picture ID. Now, I, I still carry 
my picture ID from when I, I turned 18. And every once in a while, I'll pull it out of parties and show it, and they'll go, my God, that's, that's, that's you. And my only defense is that we all looked that way back in 19, you know, 70, whatever that was when we turned 18. But it's like the, it, it's like the long hair and the bangs and the stuff like that. I'm starting to get to that point now. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm starting to look like I did in, in, you know, back when I was a kid. And it's, it's not necessarily that great a look. It's like, all right, I can't wait for these places to open up. And, again, I don't want to be irresponsible. I want to do it safely. But it's, it's, I, I've got to tell you, as soon as they can figure out a way to open that up, I'm going to be like the first in line saying, please, please, please cut my hair. I, I've actually had a couple female friends who have been telling me that that's, that's the same thing, too, because, uh, again, sometimes with ladies' hair, there, there's more stuff you know going on and things like that. Um, I don't color my hair or anything like that, but there, you know, I, I understand there's going to be this huge demand. First thing that I am going to do, and then after that, I'm going to make sure I go around and socialize with all my friends and family who I haven't been able to spend anywhere near as much time with, and you know, patronize some of the, my local restaurants and stuff like that. But first and foremost on my list, haircut. And I don't think I'm alone with that. All right, Journal Sentinel has a story with um, Anthony Fauci, uh, who, of course, is now the, the celebrity doctor. The headline is, Fauci doesn't rule out Milwaukee being able to host 2020 Democratic Convention. And then it quotes him as saying, well, I guess it's still possible that they could host the convention, um, but we don't know for sure what the situation will be with the summer in Milwaukee. It's impossible to predict what the status is going to be. So, I mean, mean, here's the problem with the Democratic National Convention coming to Milwaukee. And again, this isn't a partisan thing. It would have been great if this would have happened. I mean, it would have been great for the whole area because it doesn't matter whether you're from a red state or a blue state. I mean, money is green and money spends. And this, if you had 50,000 people coming into southeastern Wisconsin and and staying at our hotels, even though some were scheduled to stay at hotels in, in Illinois, but they'd still be patronizing local restaurants. They'd still be, in many cases, you know, buying, you know, gas if they're renting cars. It would just have been, it would have been a great shot in the arm. But here, here's just the reality. You're starting to see this already with different large-scale events that are, that are being canceled. As a matter of fact, we pretty much lost all the main events in the summer, the, the festivals, etc. I guess the EAA is still technically on. That's at the end of July. And State Fair, which is late July, early August, is still technically on. But, I mean, I, they canceled Irish Fest, and that's after State Fair. So, you, I, I mean, you hopefully, this, hopefully this stuff happens. But it's less and less likely that it's going to. And, and here's the, the big problem with the Democratic National Convention. It's not just could, could you hold the convention and would there be hotel rooms and, and could people come in. That's something you can get around. The problem is to, to stage the convention, the host committee has to raise like 70 million bucks. And if you will remember, the host committee – uh, went through that they, they fired the the top two people a couple months ago and then they brought in some local people they haven't released fundraising numbers but I, I gotta believe that that's come to a complete and total halt I mean it's given everything that's going on and given what corporations are going through it's kind of tough if you're if you're trying to raise money for the Democratic National Convention to go to a big Milwaukee corporation or a big national corporation and say hey I, we know 
that you've just shut down and you've just furloughed 80,000 employees or 15,000 employees or whatever that number is, but we want you to commit for $3 million to be a sponsor for this political event in Milwaukee. It was in July, and now it's in August, but we don't know if it's going to happen. I mean, how, they haven't released fundraising numbers, but I'm sure it, the fundraising's come to a complete and total halt just by nature of, and it's got nothing to do with Joe Biden or Donald Trump. It's just you don't know if this event is going to go on. In addition, they need thousands and thousands of volunteers, and my guess is that that's pretty much come to a complete halt because given all the uncertainties that's going on and given all the issues that people are dealing with, how do you go out and commit to get people to commit to on a donating you know, huge chunks of, of time for an event that may or may not occur? The other thing is the majority of delegates that come in, got to understand, it, it's not like the political parties you know, give you airfare for, for most people and pay for your hotel room and all. You know, you've got average people who are political activists and they're politically inclined, but you know, if some of those people have been, I don't know, laid off and out of work or they've lost their jobs, it's kind of tough to say, oh, but we want you to commit to you know, spending X thousands of dollars to come travel to this event. So I, I appreciate the headline being Dr. Fauci says it's possible that Milwaukee could host the 2020 Democratic Convention. But let's, let's be realistic here. I mean, if we, if we can't stage Irish Fest and we can't stage 4th of July fireworks, how are you going to be able to put on a convention for 50,000 people? That They would bring 50,000 people to the area. That's just kind of the reality of this. And I mean, I'd say the same thing about the Republican convention as well. I, I just don't see how that's going to happen. And as a practical matter, I mean, how are people going to feel I don't know. By by August, do you think you're going to get in a situation where your twenty thousand people are going to feel comfortable uh, cramming into uh, an inside arena? My, my answer would be no. My guess is it's going to be a more virtual thing. You know, maybe maybe they'll do it at a smaller venue, and maybe it'll just be the dignitaries and stuff. But my prediction is that both for the Republican and the Democratic national conventions this summer, it's going to be unlike anything we've seen, maybe kind of along the lines of what the NFL draft did last weekend. You know, instead of you know being in Las Vegas with all the people and all the players that are going to be drafted, you know, they, they do it virtually. Don't be surprised if uh, you see something like that, regardless of whether Dr. Fauci says it's possible to pull it off or not. Okay, when we come back, it might change the way you save. I'll explain why, and we will discuss. Stick around. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. number of people suggesting ways to cut my hair myself. I don't think so. I think we'll we'll just we'll kind of just kind of let it grow until until we can get in and, and have one of the professionals take care of it. I don't don't want to be going after my head with sharp objects. That's just kind of me. Southeastern Wisconsin open for business. During these unprecedented times, it's more important than ever to support local businesses. Head to WTMJ.com right now, and you'll find a We're Open link on the homepage. You'll see a list of businesses in your community where your family, friends, and neighbors are open for business. And if you're a business owner, you can head to WTMJ.com to add your business as well. Open for business from WTMJ. All right, they call it the they call it Rothifying 401ks, and it's something that's gaining some traction in cer- certain circles of 
of government as a way of generating more tax revenue. Let me back up here. There are two ways right now that you can that you can save through through your employer. Right? There's the typical way, which is your 401k. Maybe you have that through your employer. But the 401k allows you to take a portion of your income invested in a 401k and reduce your taxes. So let, let's take let's take an example. Let's say you make $100,000 a year. We'll just use round numbers. You make $100,000 a year, and you're over 55. You can save. You can take $26,000 because there's the regular amount you can put in, and then there's a catch-up. You can take $26,000, and you can put it in a 401K, and that $26,000 comes off the, the top of your taxes. So your, your, your income at the end of the year, it's not $100,000, it's, it's $74,000. That's kind of the, and I, I understand there's, there's other things, but that's kind of the most basic thing that goes on. You can reduce your taxable income. You can put that money away in the 401k, and you don't pay tax on it in the short term. You will pay tax on that at some point in time when you withdraw that money. Presumably, like after you retire and you're starting to live on that, you withdraw that money and then you pay the tax on it. But at least short term, you are not paying tax on it. And the idea is, for a lot of people, when you're retired and you're no longer earning a a salary, you're no no longer earning wages, your income is going to be lower than it it is when you're working, so you'll get a more favorable tax rate. Sometimes that works out, sometimes it doesn't. But that's the whole idea. You get to save the money, you get the tax break up front, and it is a huge, huge um, encouragement for a lot of people to save. The problem with that, from the perspective of the government, is the government doesn't get its money up front. So that you know you're saving that money. Let's say you're in your let, let's say you're in your your 30s and you can't save all 26,000. But you know you're you're maxing out. Let's say on on your IRA, the government isn't going to be able to get its money until you actually start withdrawing stuff decades from now. All right. Now then there's the Roth IRA. The Roth IRA says you put money in right away. You put money in an IRA account, but you you pay tax on it. Up front. So in my case, the example I was giving, you put $26,000 into the Roth IRA. You pay taxes on your whole $100,000 that you made last year. But that money you put in the IRA, it's tax-free forever. It just continues to grow tax-free. So the government gets their money up front, but then, but then the money grows and you, know, you don't owe taxes on it again. All right. What a number of legislators are considering is essentially doing away with the regular 401k. Now, one of the things that's happening with coronavirus, et cetera, et cetera, is there is an incredible, and there's going to be, an incredible drop-off in tax revenues. That, that, that's just going to happen. You have people's income who have taken a huge hit. You've got businesses that are going to close. You've got sales tax revenue that's not developing because people aren't going and buying things. And so the idea is that at least some politicians are saying, here's what let's do. Let's let's stop 
the immediate tax break for contributing. We still want people to contribute, but we're going to Rothify IRA. So in other words, you can put money in an IRA, but you're going to have to pay tax on it up front. Later on down the line, you'll never have to withdraw again, but you've got to pay tax right now so we get our revenue this year, next year, etc. We, being the government, doesn't delay getting the revenue forever. Our number, 855-616-1620, that is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I think this would be disastrous for encouraging people to save to plan ahead and to plan for their retirements. Because I think one of the things that encourages people to, to fund these things is the fact that you get an upfront tax break. And I think if we were to do away with that, while I understand it would get more revenue in short term, I think what would end up happening is you would have, well, I think you'd have a lot of people that would be a lot worse off when they're going to need the money later on for retirement. 855-616-1620, that's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Should we do away with regular 401Ks? And if if you contribute, like I think a lot of people do, to 401Ks, if you lost that immediate tax break, would you be less likely to save money? Even, Even if down the line... You know, it might work out to your benefit. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. Got a text here, Jeff. Do you have to pay tax on the money that is in your 401k now? Well, if it's not a Roth IRA, you have to pay tax when you start taking it out. Because... You didn't pay tax when you put into it. What they're looking at in Washington now is doing away with that, getting all the tax money up front, but then you know it's down the line, you know, letting you take it out without having to pay taxes on it. I think that would kill individual savings. I understand why the government wants it because they want to get your hands, their hands on your money sooner rather than letting it it grow over the years. I just think that would kill individual savings. Mike on the north the west side. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Hi, good afternoon, Jeff. My thoughts are that the 401k is a great idea to have people invest in their future retirement and everything. On the flip coin, uh, um, if you want to later on, if you got substantial uh, 401k uh, money and you want to reduce your RMDs and convert to a Roth IRA, you take a big tax bite and cost big bucks. And I know. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks uh, for well, they are, but I guess it's all a kind of a question of, of timing. Yeah, what you're talking about is, yeah, you could you could take money you've got in your 401k and you can switch it over to a Roth simply by by paying tax on on that um, and taking the tax hit immediately. So you can do this. I just think what's going to happen is. I think we, in general, do a lousy job of, of preparing for our older age and for retirement. And the, the 401k is one of the great ways to, to do that. But the incentive that you give people to do it is, hey, you're going to get an immediate break on, on the taxes. My guess is if you took away the immediate tax deduction option, you would have a dramatic decrease in participation. I think also if you end up running the numbers, for a lot of people they would end up losing out because, like, 
like I say, in retirement, for a lot of people, you're in a lower tax bracket, so you're going to be paying a lower tax break. I just, I think this is something, 401Ks are something you don't mess around with. Jeff, this has been the best savings plan the government ever came up with. Money is saved before you ever see it or have a chance to spend it. It can make millionaires out of um, early, ordinary workers. Um, yeah, it, it well, it can if people develop those, those saving habits. I just... Look, I, I understand that the government's going to need more money uh, because the tax revenues aren't going to be coming in and for the next you know year or two while we kind of dig our way out of this. But doing away with the 401K tax deductibility, I think it would be devastating to individual savers, and that means us. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Man, it doesn't get much worse than this. Um, yesterday there was a story about the, the five people who were killed on the north side of Milwaukee. Um, the the person that they believe hasn't been charged yet. The newspaper is naming him. Um, hasn't been charged yet, but he's a 43-year-old guy. Um, the super, He was under supervision by the Department of Corrections after being released from prison in 2015. He has a history of domestic violence convictions dating back to 2002, was arrested for suspicion of child abuse as far back as 1997, according to online court records. In 2007, he was convicted of four felonies in separate cases, substantial battery, intimidation of a witness, and two counts of bail jumping. He was also convicted of misdemeanor battery in 2002 and 2012. So he was in prison, released from prison in 2015, under supervision by the Department of Corrections that obviously didn't work out very well. Four, and this this is where, I mean, it's horrible under any sort of situation, but four of the five people who the guy shot to death were teenagers. The Milwaukee Police Department identified the five victims. One was 14, one was 16, one was 17, one was 19, and then there was a 41-year-old woman. Four teenagers. Apparently, also, there was a younger child who, according to the mayor, that survived the shooting. Um, the Journal Sentinel reporting the two law enforcement uh, officers told the paper that a shooter spared a young child. But man, it 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 doesn't get much worse than than that. It, it just doesn't. Um, four teenagers, along with then the forty-one-year-old woman, and again, we're we're not sure. They're not releasing exactly what the relationship was and whether it was a family relationship. But that's about as bad. Just about as bad as you get. Nothing, nothing good out of that one. No silver linings at all, except maybe the fact that the shooter spared the the younger child. But boy, just just terrible. Hey, uh, some breaking news. The one of the big concerns with with the coronavirus epidemic is let's just take a look at Wisconsin. What what you see is it it's been it's largely under control. It's largely under control. But in Wisconsin, for example, the, the county last week that had the greatest increase was in Brown County. And that was because you had a, a, an outbreak at, at one of the meat plants. And, you know, we, we've had that to a lesser extent at the Patrick Cudahy plant, the Smithfield plant in, in Cudahy, where, you know, you, you had at least that was it's been partially closed down. You've had the meatpacking plants. And you, you've seen this play out across the country where it, the nature of 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 meat packing it's it's very very difficult to socially distance i mean you've got 
You've got people that are working in close quarters and they're next to each other on assembly lines and there's, you know, water spraying all over and stuff. It's very, very difficult to, to do that and socially distance. Now, there's things that you can do to perhaps minimize the likelihood that there's going to be a transmission, but still, it's just very difficult in these plants. Well, what's happened is you started to see these outbreaks in these plants and it's having an impact on on the food supply, um, what you've seen is, I'm pulling up the numbers, you know, right here, meat industry officials estimate that about one quarter, 25% of the U.S. pork processing industry is shut down this week, 10% of, of the beef industry is shut down. And again, it, it's it's difficult to avoid some of this because there's close quarters, you've got line workers who are cutting carcasses side by side for hours at a time, all these different situations. And and so far during the coronavirus outbreak, we have managed to avoid huge supply chain problems. I, I understand at the beginning, you know, there were the runs on toilet paper, on sanitizer and stuff like that, but, but that was less of a supply and more of a demand sort of thing where you had people that were starting to hoard stuff. If you have these meatpacking plants that start to close down for any length of time, what you're going to see is if people can't get food, if it gets to a point where you know, you're know you in a situation where you, you, you can't get pork or you can't get beef or you can't get poultry for any length of time, that that's, that's a whole different sort of issue. I mean, okay, hand sanitizer, maybe you can live with without a while, but if people aren't able to get poultry or, or meat, much bigger deal. In any event, the breaking news story is that President Trump this afternoon is apparently planning to issue an order which will mandate that meat processing plants remain open during the pandemic. Uh, The president is apparently planning to invoke the Defense Production Act, which is this Korean War-era law, to keep the facilities open. He would designate the plants as critical infrastructure under the law and also then take steps to improve the uh, safety for employees at facilities. So, I mean, again, I I think you're going to see a presidential order that's going to prohibit these places from from closing in any significant detail because, again, the last thing you want right now is people unable to get certain types of food, in particular meat. So that's supposed to be coming out later this afternoon.